0: Hello, everyone. This is Noble back again for another episode of Noble Relating, the podcast of the new paradigm. I got another special guest with me this week, uh, somebody I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. Um, I had his wife on the podcast last week, and now we got my man Dustin on. Dustin, say hi to the people.
1: Hello, everybody. Good to be here. Thank you, Noble.
0: Thanks, my man. So first, let's just get right into it, my man. Um, you no, know, I, I talked to your wife last week again. I think most of the, uh, listeners probably uh, heard that. You no, know, um, that telling you. I just want to kind of get into like you know who you are, what you're about. You know, I know you got a lot of eyes on you coming up lately. Uh, a lot of things kind of going on. So we just want to get to know you. Like who who are you, or where are you from, or what or what are you about? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So um, so let's start with a simple question: Is uh, where are you from?
1: I'm originally uh, from a uh, small town, Indiana. I'm a Midwestern boy at heart, born and okay. raised. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so being from Indiana, like what was like? What was it like growing up there? Like was it a very conservative town? I'd imagine. I'm from West Virginia myself. Yeah. So was it like conservative? Like how was it, you know, navigating that?
1: Sure. Yeah, it was definitely conservative, you know. Um, pretty uh, – you know, not a whole lot of open-mindedness in the, uh, external community, but I have found, especially as I've gotten older, that due to kind of my religious and spiritual upbringing, I was, my family was really open-minded and, Mm. um, really accepting of others, um, no matter, um, gender or sexuality or anything they were going through. I was really through the, uh, through my mom and dad, really brought up to be open and, and loving to almost, you know, everybody that I came across. So although I mm-hmm. on the outside world in our communities, it would be pretty closed-minded, but, you know, inside my home, I uh, really fought uh, found a lot of uh, room for exploring and, and challenging, you know, mainstream narratives. Um, mm-hmm. My dad was a, an incredible critical thinker and still is and instilled in me uh, the tenacity I guess to challenge everything that that came across whether it be uh, spiritual or religious or political and mm-hmm. you know I took that on to you know sexuality and relationships and and everything so even at an early age I uh was I I consider myself pretty open-minded now maybe that open-mindedness was a uh a reaction to the conservativeness <laughs> that I was uh you know, kind of surrounded in, you know, in school and, and church and in our, uh, you know, outside community. But, um
0: yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it sounds like, you know, your parents always kind of, even though you were in like a more conservative area, your parents kind of, kind of have more of a liberal mindset? Absolutely. Yeah, you could say that. Okay. All right. Um And how did that affect you, like, with the people in your area? Like, did you have a lot of friends? Like, like, That's like what, what was we- that
1: like? Right. That was that was probably the challenging part is not being able to relate to people on a deeper level. Um, superficially, I had friends, but they would come and go. I really mm. had a, a lot of trouble fitting in in uh, certain groups in high school. But mm. I would kind of I would play the role. You know, I just really wouldn't yeah. speak my mind. I would say what would be expected of me, um, whatever group I was in. Um so it, that led to a lot of anxiety and depression, honestly, mm. and, and looking back. And that it was a lot of struggles with okay. um, trying to relate to others and, and to myself, you know, wanting to be honest with myself, but also not wanting to be ostracized by my community and, and friends and family around me. So right. that, there were definitely some
0: challenges there trying to relate. Right. So when did, so did you, when did you find a uh, community or a place where you felt like you fit in or did you ever really find that?
1: (laughs) You know, honestly, it wasn't until moving to Asheville. Mm. um, That was about 10 years ago when um, we, Kim and I truly found people that we resonated with um, on, on deeper levels. um, I guess the mainly spirituality and, um, and all that. So it was, uh, you know, it wasn't until my early 30s where I began to feel comfortable in my skin and comfortable mm. with the ground I was walking on. You know, not really right. feeling grounded until moving to uh, to these mountains here.
0: Right. And that's actually kind of uh, funny because I have a similar story personally. <laughs> like uh, I, I didn't I yeah. moved to Asheville when I was 30, actually. And uh, like, all right, 29, 30, about 10 years ago. And that's really when I started to begin mm-hmm. to like really find people in a community that really like um, felt good to me, where I could feel like I could be myself, I felt open and, and like accepted or whatnot. Um, so yeah, yeah. I could definitely. You know, yeah. the gospel.
1: Hey, maybe it was just me getting older and me being more assertive and wanting to truly be who I was, and that just kind of coinciding with where I happen to be living so it's kind of like two aspects it's like my maturing and uh, self-acceptance and then moving into an area that would allow and permit that growth and that realization so maybe a little uh kind of two things happening on at once there the internal and the uh, external coinciding
0: right right I I can definitely I definitely understand that um (laughs) but you did mention your wife also um how did you guys meet? Because you guys have
1: yeah. a lot of stuff to like tell me about that. Yeah, so I met uh, Kim when I decided to go back to college in my late twenties.
0: Um, oh, okay. Been, what were you going back
1: uh, for? Yeah. yeah, I was going back for computer and electronic engineering. Okay, uh, that was a, a passion of mine, and uh, so at the time I was enrolled and uh, got enrolled. I would, had been, you know, probably divorced a little over a year, year and a half. I had been married, um, a little over four years prior to that. So, you know, I wasn't necessarily like on the prowl and, and looking or anything. I was more focused on being present, uh, for my two, my two sons and looking to, um, extend my career and, and build a life and everything. So I wasn't really you know, looking or anything. And, um, I was enrolled in this class. It was, uh, basically like a study skills, intro to college, one credit hour, you know, four week class, just kind of a, a real basic, Is um, kind of a, it was a required for, for all college students to go in through there. And yeah. um, so I'm sitting in the first day in the classroom, I'm sitting there, the classroom is packed. Um, there's only one or two empty seats and they're both next to me. So I'm not really mm-hmm. thinking of it. And this, Beautiful young thing walks into the classroom and I think, you know, she's a fellow student or whatever. So I'm like, all right, you know, this is this is okay. I'm all right with that. You know, she's obviously going to sit next to me. Well, she ends up walking right past me and going up to the front of the classroom, writes her name on the starts uh, opening up the class. I'm like, oh, man. (laughs)
0: This is not what I was expecting here, so
1: you know, needless, yeah. needless to say, uh, you know, I didn't miss a single class, you know, uh, <laughs> in her uh, half-semester classroom. I was, uh, answered every question, I, I was present um, mm-hmm. and engaged in everything, listened to every word she said. You know, I'm pretty sure I got like a 99% in the class, <laughs> but my man, it hit Uh, As soon as I laid eyes on her, like, something in me shifted. Something clicked. I felt something – I thought I knew what love was. I know this is going to be cheesy and cliche. Something was. Like, man, something was about this woman that just – captivated me i was like my god what is going on and she's my teacher like this is horrible (laughs) and and amazing like this is awesome but this is not going to work at all forget it just forget it Uh so you know the class you know gets over and um and i'm on facebook and she kind of she pops up in my uh people you might know like i think i know her she was my teacher and she was Kinda of cute. So why not all, you know, add her as a friend on the social media and um basically mm-hmm. we started chatting. Um I think I reached out just being friendly, like, hey, you know, and all this and kinda of chatted back and forth a little bit and I had the you know the nerve to uh see if she wanted to grab coffee. And I was mm-hmm. like, Yeah, this probably isn't gonna happen, you know. Just being friend. I was just being friend. Yeah, I just wanted to get to know this person. Like, you know, hey, who you is this? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> So I ask her out and she turns me down (laughs) soul crushing stuff, man. Just, you know, just, I was like, well, you know, I didn't have too much invested in this relationship anyway, so it's fine. So she turns me down. Well, a couple of weeks go by my man. She reaches out like, what are you, what's going on? She goes, Hey, would you still be interested in going out for coffee? I was like, yeah, (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Absolutely. I haven't forgot about you so we make plans a second time to go out for coffee well something came up i had uh, at the last minute i had to cancel on her the second time so i uh, didn't uh, had to cancel on her i was like man this isn't gonna work out a couple more weeks go by and um i decided to reach out again we're chatting third time's a charm went out for okay. coffee finally met up went out for coffee um i was like a little over 28 this is in 2008, 2009, uh-huh. um, went out for coffee and been together ever since. No, we've just been trying to spend every day, every second together um, ever since. Um, and right.
0: We and she you what made her change her mind? Like what got her to like, you know, reach back out?
1: she had to ask her boss if it would be okay. <laughs> if She dated a former student because, <laughs> you know, it's small towns, community college, you know, wanted to make sure everything was all right. And she was like, what yeah, you he's right? you know, he's out of college. He's out of the system. There's no chance of him being your student again. It's okay. We're all adults here. There's nothing, you know, she didn't have any more. If she was, didn't have any more classes, I was going to take her or anything. So no possibility of her being a instructor in the future. And, right. um, uh, so she had to check her which, you know she had to check her friends and her family and her, you know, colleagues and everything. She wanted to be professional about it, which I appreciate that. I get that. I'm glad she did. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it took took three attempts uh for us to finally uh, meet up and have coffee and uh and all that. And I'm I'm glad glad it did. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, we just hit it off um immediately,
0: you know. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. So I heard you say that that you were um married before. Yeah. Like you no know, were you at that I know a couple of people who went through divorces and I, know, I can imagine like the toll it takes emotionally and it's a lot that goes it's like a death almost in a way. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, how did you feel about the possibility of getting married again when you met um your wife your current wife? Like did you I know you said you weren't on the prowl, but did you even like believe in marriage as a concept still or were you like kind of still big on marriage or where were you at with that?
1: Right. You know, after my divorce, it was, uh, it was really devastating. I was done, man. I was done. Like I was, uh, I'm gonna, my, my focus was um, finding a career, you know, building my education and getting into a, a good job in which I could be stable and to uh, show up for my two sons. You know, I was, you know, I did go on a few other dates before Kim, but they didn't really turn into anything. I was like, you know, this is just kind of a waste of my time. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I was done with marriage basically after all that Um, Mm -hmm. had no interest in settling down or I was trying to settle down with myself. You know, I was trying to build like, I guess I'm going to do this life alone. I'm going to be a single dad and that's cool. That's fine. I'm going to make it work and Mm -hmm. and figure it out. Um, But I'd say within a week and a half to two weeks of seeing Kim almost every single day I was like, oh, man, you know, I could <laughs> see myself the rest of my life with this woman. Um, mm-hmm. And so she really, she changed, she she uh, resurrected the old romantic part of me that I thought um, was dead, that was gone. Right. You know, that, that was just a part of me that um, I wasn't, that I hadn't planned on nourishing, that I hadn't planned on exploring anymore. And so she softened up this mean old hard bastard that i was becoming that i was turning into you know kind of mad at the world hating everything and everyone around me um she her light really sparked um reignited a, a flame and a, and a light in me um mm-hmm. and, uh, softened me up and you know we were gosh i we weren't dating that long before we both it was just kind of understood that we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together And at that point in my life, I didn't really know anything other than traditional monogamous marriage. So, you know, um, openness or anything didn't really, that wasn't really anything on the table or all that. So, um, you know, we got uh, engaged for a a little bit and did the traditional, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) state-sanctioned bondage (laughs) that that, that, that we uh, decided to um, enter into. So... Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, right. So, well, that brings up an interesting point. Like, so, how, so again, I know we know that you're, you know, uh, more non traditional in terms of your relationship style, mm-hmm. um, but you started off monogamous. How long were you monogamous, and why did you choose to transition your relationship into a different relationship style?
1: So, from the very beginning, um, Kim had been married before, too, for about the same little over four years. Mm-hmm. So, we really knew what we wanted in the partner. And we knew to look out for some red flags. Mm-hmm. And we really underst- we, we understood how important it was that we each be individuals. And from the very beginning, Kim and I encouraged and pushed each other to grow spiritually. Um, mm. And when I talk about spirituality and um, spiritually and, and those kind of terms, for me, I think it's important to kind of define this because it's a little bit different for everyone. Um, So for me, my spirituality equated to a deep interconnectedness of all things of how I connected within myself internally and how I connected externally. So everything outside of myself and inside of myself and the growth inward and the growth outward. So that's kind of. I try to keep it simple when it comes to because you can write entire books about what spirituality is and what it means for you. So for me, it was important kind of just kind of lay that out there and define all that. So it was about growth, you know, inward and external. So we were both. She came from a pretty strict religious background. I came from a pretty open minded um, background with with all things. And so we always pushed each other to grow, to read, to study, um, pray, meditate, to challenge things, to ask questions, to grow, to have conversations. And so that was really, really important that we are building something together, but that we also have, that we're also unique individuals as well and can survive without each other. So I'm not expecting her to keep me going and she's not expecting me to keep me going. Like we are responsible for each other's happiness we are um i mean we're individually responsible for each other like individually um our happiness and our growth so we, we always pushed each other we always um, push each other and with that communication growth was just a lot of openness um and with all that eliminated a lot of jealousy like i dealt with a lot of mm. narcissism and jealousy from my partners and other grand i'm not immune to that there was i had had my own narcissism and jealousy i had to work on myself as well you know i'm not immune to that but it kept on showing up a lot and i have found that the more honest i was with kim uh, the more honest she was with me and being able to talk about emotions and feelings that came up whether we saw somebody that we thought was really attractive or that you know we got somebody was hitting on us you know at the grocery store or just you know being able to talk about that and not have anything weird come up you know and be you know, excited, like, yeah, you know, you're a beautiful woman, of course you got hit on, you know, I want to know mm-hmm. what, I want to know what turns you on, you know, I know there's more humans outside of myself here that you interact with, so I, <laughs> um, so I, I've always wanted to know, like, what made her tick, you know, and what, mm-hmm. how she was processing things, and that, that helped me, you know, process things as well, because we were both, we didn't want to we really put everything into this relationship. We wanted this union to, to last. And we just saw everyone around us really suffering. Um, Mm -hmm. People we know, you know, getting divorced and just things not working out for one way or the other, or, you know, staying together and being miserable and making everyone else miserable around them. Like, how do we avoid this? How do we um, not go down that path? And so fast forward it wasn't until moving to Asheville when a lot of the first people, you know, we interacted with were, um, were in open relationships were, uh, what they, uh, would, they didn't really use the term polyamorous, but I'll just go ahead and, you know, use that term. They don't, yeah. you know, I understand the need for labels. It's also can be restrictive too. it was just, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. but a lot of the people we interacted with, um, were living polyamorous uh, lifestyles and communal living. And, um, were just kind of introduced to all that. <laughs> and they were just kind of our friends. We didn't really think much of it. You know, her and I didn't really have a, a desire um, to really date other people or to bring anyone in or anything. Um, it wasn't until oh, about uh, 2019, 2020, when we decided to you know, cause we always kind of joked about it, you know, <laughs> what, what couple does it at some point, you know, maybe, maybe not, maybe not all couples do that, but we always, cause we're always very open with our sexuality to each other and, you know, experiencing things and pushing each other and reassuring that our thoughts and emotions were normal and um, right, right. Our, our thoughts and emotions weren't going to lead us to an eternal damnation burning in hell because because <laughs> we thought or we felt something that's just a natural process of being a human here so that kind of reassurance yeah. and you know little by little tiptoeing tiptoeing um we always kind of started off as just uh, kind of play talk and joking um talking and um those talks became a little more serious over time and we had some opportunities um, around 2020 to pursue things with uh, some dear friends and people close to us and uh, see how all that worked out. So, yeah, it wasn't until we to Asheville um, that we got even introduced to it and not until, you know, 2020. And, you know, we, we had been married 10 years together, you know, 11 or 12 years before all that. So we had a solid decade of...
0: Yeah, so a foundation of a relationship wow. before trying to, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I, I think it's very important for, for people who aren't going into a relationship with a polyamorous mindset to really have a, a good foundation before they try to even think about, you <laughs> know, doing anything like that. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: especially if you're using terms like having a primary partner, like you really want to feed and nourish and support that, that primary and make sure you all understand each other and know mm-hmm. how to communicate you know we we took kim and i have gone through coaching and counseling and therapy to learn how to communicate um most importantly how we communicate with ourselves you know how do you Mm -hmm. talk to yourself how how do you listen to yourself you know maybe a lot of us talk to ourselves but how do we receive that internally and how do we process um those emotions and feelings and and stimuli and then how to comfortably relate that to to your partner um i think was really really important so it's all been all this has been, been about communication
0: <laughs> right, right so speaking of communication what was the communication like the first time your wife was you know interested in somebody else and actually like going through that process mm-hmm. like i couldn't i could imagine that could be hard for you know any man to kind of go through initially
1: yeah you know it um I think it was her getting some flirtatious text messages or or, uh, comments or messages through social media, you know, and her kind of uh, acting sort of like a giddy schoolgirl, like, oh, look at what this person said about my picture. Look what this, you know, this Mm -hmm. message somebody sent me. I'm like, oh, like, you know, so, yeah, initially I would get that pains of jealousy. Like, you know, this is not cool. This is this is my property. This is my woman. How dare Mm -hmm. you? you know attack me and come into my home like that and then that was replaced with like wow well you know kind of it's kind of hot <laughs> you know we were, <laughs> we so I, I was brought up with this immediate immediate dichotomy and this um thing happened inside of me this alchemization of processing something really beautiful and something really awful and I'm like wow why am i feel like i'm kind of okay with this and mm. that led me to the, the feeling of compersion, um, you kind mm-hmm. of, the opposite of jealousy. Right. And, um, you know, we were, we were very open and loving, affectionate people. Like this wasn't, you know, her getting some flirtatious text messages, you know, was received by both of us pretty well. Like, you know, it's, it's cool. Like, you know, it, this has happened ever since I've known her, people have commented on her light and beauty and I've been very proud of it. And like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's my woman, you know, that's my girl. You know right. and that kind of led to a thing. like, not to jump ahead or anything, but do, is that my woman?
0: Mm, do I, right, do right.
1: I own? Do I own her? Just because the I have a piece of paper that a judge had signed in Indiana. You know, I got the state involved. I loved her so much, I had to get the state involved. You know, to make sure <laughs> right, right. she wouldn't leave me. And you know, we have these uh, put these rings on her hand that binds us together. So that led me to. Kind of challenged that whole system of uh, marriage in general, um, which you know kind of fed into challenging monogamy and how that works. And I love you know, cage birds don't sing, you know. And um, if you love a flower so much, don't pick it, you know. Let it let it grow. Right. And so this led to lots of really deep conversations late into the night with ourselves and each other about who we are to each other and how do we continue to grow and support each other and to nourish these feelings of curiosities of, of wanting to feel the breath of life, you know, the eros, the divine eros of, you know, wanting to expand and, and to feel love and to feel affection, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and, and not, not to push promiscuity or having, you know, just going crazy, you know, out there trying to date and, you know, have, have sex with everyone, but to do it, respectfully and you know understand how important these intimate situations are and um but mainly allowed you know it kind of challenged me to like do i own my wife do i want to own a wife do i have a wife is she a partner you know what what is she to me and um not wanting to suppress her but not you know wanting to um I don't know. Not 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 go to like not that not that she wouldn't go crazy, but not that, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to restrain her, but I also don't want to you know her to fly away forever. But right. know, if, if
0: I think that's something that uh, a lot of men actually kind of worry about actually is, you know, their wife going crazy. You right? know, um, sure. <laughs> so I guess that leads me to my next question, which would be like, how did you adjust or reframe your mind to where you could be okay with? um your wife's partners like to where you can like you know talk to them or interact with them or see them interrupt each other like how did you get to that point
1: right so this this came into the point of a lot of the uh books and things i studied about communication um having to sit with myself and so honestly it was time you know mm. it, it was me sitting with myself asking who I am and what I want to do and just giving room for these emotions to process, you know, this, these things just take time. And it took a, a certain amount of processing and, and sitting with all this. Um, so the, the short answer is time and contemplation, um, mm-hmm. meditation, um, praying, uh, reading, um, reaching out to other members of the community. Like I had mentors, man. So I, I would talk to, People that are in their 60s and 70s that have been in uh, similar lifestyles, and like, how did y'all do it? You know, and
0: anybody that age who was doing poly stuff, like, you know, back in the day, like, yeah, I'm sure you didn't call it that back then, you know, but (laughs) I've been
1: (laughs) blessed with like, (laughs) um, being able to pull in some amazing people that I've been that so that's my thing. I recommend having a mentor. You know, having somebody mm-hmm. that you can look up to that, that has not not read the books, not talked about it, but have done it, have, has walked through the trenches, have had the, the baptism of fire and, you know, <laughs> and was able to survive it. So a big part yeah, of it was my community helping me and reassuring me and walking me through it. And, you know, having therapists and counselors that were on the same page and knew, um, weren't necessarily familiar with the polyamory, but were familiar with. Um, communication styles and how to integrate things and working through all that. So I was picking and, and choosing from dozens of, of sources uh, to help me, you know, books, mm-hmm. other people um, um, and all, all that. And at the end of the day, I had to kind of develop my own way of processing and, and thinking about all of this. And
0: um, Yeah. Right. <laughs> did you, um, have you like lost any friends or connections, um, with your chosen lifestyle? But then, you feel like it's cost you anything?
1: Yeah, um, mm. on some levels, um, I, def- I think more with family that, mm-hmm. um, on one side just don't want to hear about it or just, um, really understand anything. And honestly, I've I've always had trouble keeping very close friends. There'll probably be some people that would be hurt to hear that, but mm. I do have some really good people and they, a lot of people just kind of come and gone. And I'm, I'm pretty, even though I have an open-minded, you know, kind of lifestyle and mindset, I'm pretty reclusive. I'm, I'm kind of a hermit. You know, I spend most of my time working on myself, um, my home and and being present for my, for my three sons. That takes up like 99.9% of my time. So just in general, I don't have a lot of time for for really others, you know, at least right now in my life. But it has definitely put some strain on some friends and some family. Thankfully, the ones really close to me have reached out and are really thankful um, for the way I've been able to communicate, you know, what I'm going through and, um, you know, what I'm doing. But it, it adds some... It adds some stress and adds some tension. Uh, the the thing I uh, I keep saying was sometimes you have to break hearts to free your soul, and I knew mm-hmm. what I had to do was right for me. Um, Kim and I have had to do. We've lived in multiple you know states um, because I was following you know my soul and had to do um, and go and do certain things with my career, my job, or whatever. And yeah. so we've had to, we've had to leave family. There's been so many times where it's just been her and me um because we're doing we're listening to you know what our soul needs to do to live thrive and survive and sometimes that breaks our hearts sometimes it breaks the hearts of those around us but at the end of the day i'm the one that has to sit with myself not not even kim or any of my boys i have to be okay with how i've conducted myself where Mm -hmm. i am where i'm going and and what i'm doing so uh there's definitely um a cost, you know, but uh, the rewards are freedom of your soul, which is uh, there's a higher, I, I can't think of anything more important. Right. To be, to be honest with yourself, you know, at least I can say I'm not lying to myself. I'm being true to myself. And that, that comes at a price, man. It, it just does. But
0: it, it does. Anytime, I think, anytime we go on of self discovery, we're going to, there is a price with that. Uh, I think a lot of people don't even know that that's what they're looking for or that that's what they need is a self discovery type of thing. You know, I think a lot of us are just kind of running the program, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: yeah, And that's what I've seen. Um, I, I think I have found and through the people I've talked to and communicated with, I've really, I have found that that's what people are looking for is, is themselves right now. And um, I bless everybody on their path, you know, of self discovery and trying different things um, whether it's diets or exercises or church or books or, you know, communities mm-hmm. or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, we're all looking for our, our true source, our true self and what I do isn't for everyone where they're at. Um, I just encourage people to, once you set that mindset and have that intention of finding yourself, uh, I think for the most part, you'll be led to, you know, where you need to go. Um, up, mm-hmm. a great, up against great odds, you know, great opposition sometimes. But if you learn to develop your intuition, um, which a lot of things are, out there are, you know, distractive and trying to pull us away from our true power, which is, you know, knowing who we are and developing our own intuition, our own internal compass and learning right. to do that, and focus on that will be will be led to, you know, where we need to go, I think.
0: Yeah. So uh, I guess I can't bring my next question, which is. You no, know, but you're talking about intuition and being led to know where you need to go. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, you have, you know, um, a, a couple of children and whatnot, um, I guess, together or whatnot. Like, how do you guys, how do you feel about, like, exposing them to this lifestyle or exposing, like, I think some people will feel cautious or apprehensive about it. Um, sure. What are your thoughts around that, your philosophy around that?
1: So, you know, my older two boys aren't really um... – Don't really talk too much about that. You know, they're kind of in their teenage years and kind of doing Mm -hmm. their own thing. Um, But my youngest, um, Kim and I only have one child together, and he's eight years old. So from, I think, Kim and I have always been really affectionate. Just people always hugging our friends. Always, you know, putting our arms around other people and kissing each other on the cheek. You know, so he sees this open affection. Kim and I are always hugging on each other. He's always coming in for group hugs and all that. And so of course there's not a whole lot of like obvious PDA in, in front of him, you know, with, with Mm -hmm. other partners. And there haven't been that many other partners. There's only been, you know, a handful. Kim's only had one serious um, relationship. And other than that, it's just been a couple of dates here and there. So it's not like there's been, I don't want to give the impression we've had dozens and dozens of other people in our (laughs) lives. That hasn't been the case. We're still pretty new to all this and taking things very slowly as we, as we learn some really hard lessons. i Ultimately, I want him, my youngest, to have the confidence to be honest to himself, you know, and to sure. learn. I think the most important thing to learn from all this is how to communicate, how to express yourself honestly, um, how to listen to yourself and be true to yourself right. and to challenge things. You know, I was like, hey, you don't need to be like dad, but I'm going to give you all the tools that I know in which you can find your own your own self, whether, you know you're you live a monogamous lifestyle or you have multiple partners or kind of a mix in between all that, you know, I think I would love for him to grow up challenging mainstream narratives that have been, at least from my experience, have been very limiting and very destructive in their own in their own ways. Um, So wanting him to be an individual, you know, um, but like he's not exposed to, you know, (laughs) A whole lot of, like, you know, other people or, or you know, yeah, uh, get-togethers yeah. or anything like that. We have a really great supportive community, you know. Um, but, uh, and they all have they all have kids. All these kids kind of play together and grow up. And I'm sure as he gets older, you know, these are age-appropriate questions as we, you know, as we go along all this. So, you know, he's still pretty young. So he's right more interested in his Legos and video games and all that, <laughs> like, you know. yeah. You know like mommy might have you know uh, you know a boyfriend here and there dad has a girlfriend here and there and he's like i don't you know yeah so what i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care let me, let me get back to my legos or anything yeah. so we try to it's kind of learning like how to gently expose him a little bit but not mm-hmm. overwhelm him you know with, with too much going on too so that, that is something that we're kind of learning as we're going along um yeah. but wanting him to be a free sovereign you know entity that he's uh basing who he wants to be off of his own navigation tools that that he's learning to develop you know on his own and some of the you know things we give him but that's something we're very mindful of and we're very careful on what we quote unquote expose him to and what we don't expose him to while still wanting yeah. to push him a little bit and to you know see a little bit more of the world so we'll, well see I'm,
0: yeah. Sorry, um... And so let me kind of get to my probably my last question here, which yeah. would be, um, now with everything you said there, that sounds really beautiful. Um, what do you have? Do you have an ultimate vision for how you and Kim will relate to your partners? Would you like to kind of be in more of a kitchen table poly type of thing where everybody?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we talk about this a lot, and we're kind of. formatting things and changing things as the days go on and everything and and all that we we've really been through a lot the past three years so a lot of what Kim and I are trying to do is to stabilize our home environment and our careers and our jobs and we've done a really good job at that so we're we're almost there um you know we're very uh kind of committed to each other and our own growth right now so we're currently not really dating or expanding right now we're kind of have turned inward i'm kind of i'm dating kim right now you know and a lot of what right. we've learned in the past few years with all this I've, I've just found a whole treasure of things i didn't know about myself or kim right now and um so i'm i'm seeking like this internal development and working on myself right now and um exploring this sometimes i look at kim as i i Every time I look at her, I fall in love. And sometimes it's like, this is a a brand new woman right here because Mm -hmm. of the level of communication we've developed and everything that we've brought up um, with ourselves and individually of, you know, kind of meeting some other people and dating others right now has really allowed me to really appreciate what I have with her and everything. Ultimately, we'd love to own a bunch of land with with our friends (laughs) that we're really close with and just have a communal kind of lifestyle where we have, you know, you have your own property. I don't, I don't necessarily want to see you every day <laughs> right, right. I would love to have like some kind of communal farm or, or lifestyle where we're all kind of living and growing and supporting each other. Um, you know, spiritually, sexually, everything and learning and growing and help holding each other accountable and all that, um, that might change, you know, we're still trying to figure things out. It's kind of like a day at a time and, seeing where we land and seeing how the next few years go, seeing how this year goes. Right. Um, but we, if anything, we've learned to really appreciate ourselves. You know, I can sit with myself. I can sit alone in silence and sit with my, my shadows and my light. And there's just so much there that currently I'm just kind of exploring all that and appreciating who I am as an individual and appreciating how far I've come and appreciating, Um, the partner I have in Kim and um, so we're not like actively like looking for anything, but we are open to like organic conversations and meeting somebody organically and just seeing what life brings, what life takes away from us. And at least now we have a framework to discuss things. If like somebody comes into our life that we want to develop more of a relationship with, we know how to go about and do that and adjusting things like see how they fit. You know, will, will they be able to fit in our life? Will, it's, will it be something that, will I have my own thing? Or will they be involved more of a, of a family around the kitchen table? I don't know. You know, we, we are open. It, we have found, like, it's such a dynamic. It, it, there's such an ebb and a flow and a rising of the tide and, you know, receding of the tide. There's so much can change. You know, I, I have changed so much within a year so is Kim, so is our family, so is the world, so is everyone around us, you know. So we try to plan a little bit for the future, but be open to different possibilities and seeing how that will will take shape, you know, in in the future. You know, we have an idea of commitment to each other and a commitment to ourselves individually. So still pushing, you know, for each other's growth and uh, still, you know, strengthening our bond together as we yeah. become individuals, as we become a couple, as we, you know, support our son and our, the community and those around us. So yeah, we'll mm-hmm. see, you know, what, uh, I'm excited, you know, about the future. It also terrifies me, but it's also wonderful. It's, it's the whole dichotomy, you know, it's a little, it's, it's everything all at once, all, all the time.
0: <laughs> right. Right. It sounds really beautiful to me, man. Cause it sounds like you guys have built such a strong foundation in your marriage that you really could just be monogamous with each other if you wanted to, mm-hmm. but you have the options and availability for a different dynamic. And it just, it just kind of seems like there's really nothing that could really break you up because you're, because of the level of openness and communication that you guys have.
1: And that was Which the intention the from the beginning. We were like, how do we make this work? How do we, we, how do we become resilient? You know, right. how do we become flexible with each other's growth with, the changing of the world. So much has changed, you know, since 2020. You know, we have like, yeah. you, you got to be like bamboo. You got to kind of, you know, bend and sway with with the breeze and the the breath of life. Um, mm-hmm. And so, hopefully, you know, our intention of longevity is is what's going to, uh, you know, carry us through. And we can only learn from what we've gone through. We can only, you know, observe and to try to learn from what others have gone through and just you know, support others in their path while they support us and ours and, you know, see what, seeing what life brings.
0: So, right. yeah, but thank right. you. Yeah, man. That's amazing, man. I really appreciate you doing this. I appreciate talking to you and uh, getting to know you. Yeah. Um, and really I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to be an ask ever from time to time. So maybe that's something I'm there. You know, I can I know, kind of maybe leak up with you and your wife you know, to meet each other and talk about our uh, experiences that, that we're going through on the show.
1: Please do. That would be great.
0: Yeah, man. All yeah. right, man. It was great talking to you. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. I got a new another guest next week uh, on Never Relating, uh, so please check me out. Peace and love, everybody.
1: All right. Take care.